Experience art at the Northfield Arts Guild. Visit our galleries, arts festival, and take in a performance at our theater featuring a full season of dramas, comedies, and musicals. The Guild's gift shop showcases unique art from over 100 local and regional member artists. Come enjoy music from the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra or the 411 Concert Series. We invite you to explore your creativity in one of our classes. All are welcome at the Northfield Arts Guild. To learn how you can be a part, visit northfieldartsguild.org or call 507-645-8877 Art Zany Radio for the Imagination with your host Paula Granquist is brought to you by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts and now Art Zany Radio for the Imagination Good morning. This is Paula Granquist, and you're tuned in to Art Zany Radio for the Imagination. Thank you so much for listening to the show that celebrates all things creating and stories. Let's get together and tune our imaginations. If I say the word popcorn, what bubbles up in your mind? Popcorn. I'm sure there's something. And I love how one word can bring up so many memories and connections and even random thoughts. The word popcorn would make a great prompt to get yourself past the blank page, to enter a story or find an image to draw, a way to dream up a better popcorn bowl perhaps, or an entry point for your brain to design a better method for making popcorn, or maybe a new way to serve popcorn. Depends on what your brain wants to achieve that day. In the creative process, there is always a something to begin your next something. We have to believe that if we begin, we will take ourselves somewhere. So I might tell you that I want to use the prompt popcorn to bring begin your project. And if your mind says, well, that's stupid. I don't have any ideas about popcorn. My project isn't even remotely connected to popcorn or anything. And then about that, and nothing is probably going to happen because you've set yourself up for that. But if you allow yourself to enter the mind's eye and flow through whatever connections to the word springs forth on your page or in your imagination, then you will generate something, and that something will lead you somewhere. That's the key. Just trust the process of engaging with a prompt or a word or an idea, and it will take you to a place that will help you move into a project. So what were you picturing when you heard the word popcorn? For me, the first associations that come to my brain are the snack of choice at the movies, burnt microwave popcorn at the office, Jiffy Pop on the stove on special nights, salty red and white paper trays of popcorn at a bar, the horrible popcorn balls we used to get during Halloween trick-or-treating, butter and salt, ears of corn, and that game we used to play in elementary school with a giant parachute and foam balls, we called it popcorn. And, of course, the main thing, if you live in Northfield, that comes to your mind is the Northfield popcorn wagon. So... Are you dreaming about a bag of popcorn now? I bet your nose is tingling a little bit and your mouth watering, thinking about hot popcorn and butter. You're in luck, because today on Artsany Radio, we will celebrate the Northfield popcorn wagon. And I'm going to open up the mics, and today in the Artsany Radio studio, I'm excited to welcome Susan Vistendahl. Welcome to Artsany Radio again. Well, thank you, Paula. Yeah, you're an author, writer, historian, and you've got all kinds of great stories to tell, so we'll save those for for our show, but I'm really excited to have you here. Thanks for bringing this group together so we could talk about it. Also, the 50 um, North Executive Director, Carrie Yelmgren, who is here. Welcome. This is your first visit to the Arts Annie Radio Studio. It is. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's a delight, and I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to meet you. You've been in your position for about a year or so. Almost. It's great to uh, have you here. You've got some connections to the Popcorn Wagon. I hope people know, but if they don't, we'll make sure that they do. Yep. And then also joining us is Don McGee, who is a Northfield resident, has a uh, uh, past as an engineer, also a family genealogist, but is a past popcorn wagon operator. Welcome. Well, thank you very much. Uh, not so much operator as uh, <laughs> that's true. Behind the scenes uh, producer of keep, keeping my kids busy, but thank you. Sure. Well, you were you were the, that's an essential part of that <laughs> uh, that that business. And so the Northfield Popcorn Wagon is going to have a celebration. It is the Popcorn Wagon Party and Restoration Fundraiser. 
this next Wednesday, the 23rd of August, 2023, from 6 to 7.30. That is at 50 North, which is at 1651 Jefferson Parkway. And if you want to check out some of those details, visit 50north.org, and that's 50 spelled out, F-I-F-T-Y, north.org. And it's the 105th year of the popcorn wagon, which is just astounding. I'd love for each of you just to spend a, a few minutes telling us about a little about yourselves, um, your your world, and maybe if you have any favorite popcorn stories or things that <laughs> popped into your mind when I said the word popcorn. Other, Well, you could talk about the Northfield popcorn wagon, too. But if there's other ones that come up, because I think popcorn is kind of ubiquitous in our, in our you know, culture. It's... it's uh, a, a very popular thing, and, and uh, I think it's really fun to have something like that special in our community. So uh, do you want to start, Carrie? Sure. So my connection is definitely with the popcorn wagon now, because <laughs> that's, of course, right on, on the top of our minds. But also, I've um, been really surprised by how the popcorn wagon and popcorn itself really seems to be a gateway to our community mm -hmm. that's what our volunteers our colonels as we lovingly call them uh, really seem to understand about it and their purpose in the wagon is to literally be a welcome wagon for the community for visitors to Northfield and they love that connection that's true because it is parked in Bridge Square mm -hmm. and it is uh, visible for people and it's probably the place where people come and ask questions about you know, how do I get to, or do you have a good recommendation, or, you know, uh, where's the bathroom, or <laughs> some right. of those things. <laughs> right. Uh, and how did you come to uh, be at 50 North, and w were you aware how much of your position was going to be connected to the popcorn <laughs> wagon when you started? <laughs> I had no idea about the popcorn <laughs> side. But, so I'm an Oli, and I graduated in 2005 and stayed in Northfield after that. So I've been living and working here and raising my family and uh, ever since and um, my dream job appeared over a little over a year ago and I went for it and here I am and I absolutely love this ability to to lead this incredible organization in Northfield it's like um, literally like coming home and I'm so glad to be able to give back to my own community Oh, well, it's wonderful to have you. I can't wait to learn more about you, and, and we'll talk a little bit about 50 North, too, in, in a bit. Hey. How about for you, Don? What What is um, your uh, story about popcorn or what comes to your mind? Is it the popcorn wagon? Well, obviously the popcorn wagon jumps out, but as you ask the question, my first thoughts of it go back to my childhood in Stillwater hmm. when we had a popcorn wagon. They did. But, but it was motorized. It was like somebody had converted an old Model T chassis, and these two <laughs> men would park on the street and pop popcorn, and they would park in front of the, th the movie theater. so that. And I don't know that the theater had popcorn, but we'd buy our popcorn before we went in to the theater. Oh, that's a good memory. And, and uh, so when, did they have to, like, crank the engine? To... I think that it was not electrified, so I think the... Popper was gas-fired, and uh, I remember they, they poured real butter on the popcorn. <laughs> wow, I'm thinking about and, that engine and all that oil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sparks. They survived. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It was a different world then. People learned to live with things like that, I guess. Yeah. So, and one of the connections is I, I, I know that Vera Johansson, the matron of the <coughs> popcorn wagon, mm -hmm. was a traditionalist. And I think she insisted that we use the same popcorn that was used back in those days, the white, small kernels of popcorn oh. that were traditional to that. And we had real butter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that makes a difference. So that, <laughs> I, 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 I still think of that, and I don't know of any place in the world where you can get it now, but I... If you, if you know a spot, tell me. Ah, very fascinating. That, I guess I didn't even think about that question. What kind of popcorn works in yeah. the popcorn wagon? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Susan, how about for you? Did, did you you have written about the popcorn wagon? Yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> the first time I wrote about it was uh, in um, the summer of 2010. And uh, I had uh, been familiar with the popcorn wagon in, in the sense that my father was active with the senior center, 
And uh, so uh, when I would come from New York, uh, where I was living, to see my parents, who lived here in Northfield, uh, along with my brother David, uh, I would go and see my father, and he would be dispensing popcorn and enjoying it. And so when I had a chance to write about it, I got a picture of my father in <laughs> in my story and also in the book. I have a new third edition of that volume one that uh, has come out about my historic happenings. And, um, yeah, so I made sure to also have my father pictured in that one. And uh, I have to say, I love popcorn and they have five dollar tuesdays over at our cinema and i get a six dollar um popcorn <laughs> more than your ticket yeah more than the ticket now because uh, i just love it and then um i got more into the research about it uh, in the 2019 when we had uh, an event downtown to celebrate 40 years of the popcorn wagon being there and i was in contact with um uh, mr charlie Cretors who actually uh, is the fourth generation uh, of the Creatures family. They have five generations have been involved with the maker of our popcorn wagon. And uh, that's been a wonderful uh, wonderful bonus for me in terms of research. And he recently sent a um, about 200-page book about the Creatures family. So I, I feel like uh, it's just been a wonderful connection to be able to uh, know this family. And they're quite pleased, too, that we're having uh, celebrations for them and restoring, restoring it as well. Right. And, and that's, I think, one of the wonderful things. Once you start looking into something, there's always more, right? There's, and you've uncovered some <laughs> of these real gems. So I think, uh, you know, the, as you mentioned, the popcorn wagon has been, the first time it appeared was 1979. Yes. And uh, do you want to tell us a backstory of how yes. that came to I, Northfield? Because it's, I, I think would it's love to. <laughs> a very Northfield story because there's somebody who had a, a desire and yep. manifested mm. something that's been a mainstay. Okay, and I'm going to be talking with pictures uh, from, from uh, 6.30 to 7 on the 23rd. So uh, I look forward to uh, showing some of the pictures that uh, I've encountered that have, I've been able to um put in my talk. But I will give you the background. Our wagon was made by Ch the C. Creators Company, now in Wooddale, Illinois. It's been run by that same family for five generations. And when I first wrote about the uh, popcorn wagon, I contacted uh, the uh, fourth generation CEO, which is named Charlie Creators. His great-grandfather, also named Charles, had founded the company in Chicago in 1885. Mm. Um, the founder started out with a confectionery shop in Decatur, Illinois, but he soon moved to Chicago, where he peddled freshly roast peanuts in a steam-powered peanut roaster on the sidewalk in front of his shop. And then in 1885, he presented, uh, he patented rather, the first steam-driven popcorn machine that popped corn. And by 1893, he had a machine which uh, could roast, get this, 12 pounds of peanuts, 20 pounds of coffee, popcorn, and baked chestnuts as well. Wow. And you can imagine how the... Uh, <laughs> what aromas would how that bring? Yeah, the customers <laughs> were enticed by the smell of, of these uh, um, in... In 1893, and that was also the year the first enclosed Creators horse-drawn wagon, um, and ours was originally horse-drawn and uh, steam-powered. Um, and uh, if you'd like, I, I'll tell you a little bit about the Toasty Roasty Man, because that was an original um, uh, original symbol of the company and a company trademark. Um, in the wagons were these small glass tumblers about six inches long, Popcorn was swirling inside them, and there was a small mechanical clown called the Toasty Roasty Man making the tumbler turn. And the one at 50 North uh, stopped in about 2000 and was retired on a shelf, but we have a man, Bob Pearson, in Kansas who can get a motor for it and get it working again. If you wanted a replica, it would cost $650 of just this little uh, man. Uh, but we have the clown and the tumbler, so it won't cost you that much, Carrie. <laughs> and that'll be something that'll be um, great if people come to the presentation on they'll the 23rd. They'll get to see it. Get to see it uh, in action. Yeah. Well, we can't have it in action yet till we fix <laughs> With it. With a video. <laughs> With a video, yes. I am having, I do have a video of, uh, of one of them in action, so you can see that. And then uh, this part uh, always uh, is interesting to me. Creators introduced the world's first mobile popcorn machine at the Columbian Exposition in Chicago in 1893. This was a huge world's fair. It was powered by electricity, 
um, powered by electricity, and Thomas Edison showed off his new movie projector. It introduced modern products, inventions, including the Ferris wheel, Hershey chocolates. And I have a quote from Scientific American here about this uh, popper uh, that was uh, introduced. Light and strong, weighing but 400 or 500 pounds, it can be drawn readily by a boy or by a small pony to any picnic ground, fair, political rally, etc., and to many other places where a good business could be done for a day or two. The concession industry had begun, folks. Yeah, A lot so. happened at that Chicago <laughs> World's Fair. It's amazing if you can trace a, a lot of innovation that happened. Mm-hmm. There was something in the air during that, that time period of, of our oh, development. Exactly. Yeah. Very yeah. exciting. And uh, I also read in the book that, um, that uh, Charlie Creators gave me that um, the, uh, when he first started you know, trying to sell this, people didn't know what it was about. And so he said, okay, free popcorn for a while. And then as soon as they had it, they were hooked on it, and oh, then they started charging. popcorn not a treat that they ate, do you think? I guess I don't know the not history. As, not as much, okay. uh, or at least not t- to the extent that it became after they had these popping popcorn machines that could be you know, taken around mm-hmm. to various places. And we have a Model C from 1918, and that was available through the 1930s. And we have uh, this Bob Pearson in Olathe, Kansas, who restores and builds replicas of those wagons. And he told me there are fewer than 22 of the Model C wagons still in use, and only 50, maybe, of the Model D. Now, those are a foot larger, and they have a sink for cleanup, (laughs) which ours does not have. And in 2010, he told me ours might be worth about $20,000. Um, and I think it's, we're going to spend a lot more than that just to <laughs> fix, fix it up. <laughs> and just to finish about the creature's story, uh, by 1929, the wagon sales had declined and electric motors were replaced in the steam power. Um, and then through the 30s and 40s, the movie theaters with popcorn magazines, uh, machines rather inside, helped ease the economic concerns, you know, in the, um, uh, of the times. And then uh, larger popcorn machines were made by the Creatures Company for malls and stadiums and drive-ins. They were continually innovating. Uh, they didn't make, you know, they weren't making the, ho- the wagons anymore. But uh, the company has two parts to its business today. The commercial, the supplies the movie theaters and concession stands, and industrial side. It supplies the snack food industry like Frito-Lay and our own Malto Meal. So uh, Charlie Creators actually sent me a picture of cinnamon toasters, which is a product of Maltomil, for which Creators supplied several poppers that, I uh, read, could pop 5,000 pounds of popcorn an hour. <laughs> wow. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I didn't, is there, there popcorn in that cereal? I didn't even realize that. Well, uh, it, it also was used to... Um, uh, he, Toast? Actually, yes, there are a lot of other the, things oh, that those so poppers can be used for, yeah. Wow, and, what a great connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have a photo of the world's largest working popcorn machine <laughs> that I'll be showing uh, with the fourth generation president, Char. Um, uh, uh, the fifth generation is um, Andrew, who's the son of uh, Charles D. Creators, is pictured with it. And uh, But Charles Creators, that I'm I have been in contact with. He helped design and fabricate this in 2004 for the Discovery Channel. They had a series called Big. So I brought you up to this point, and now we're going to talk about Vera Johansson because Mm -hmm. that's the big name that brought it uh, to Northfield and opened in um, Bridge Square in May of 79. Um, I'll just, uh, before I turn it over here uh, to Don, who has actually... Uh, new Mrs. Johansson, Vera. Um, I'll just tell you a little bit about how she came to um, to bring it to Northfield. And that was that she was visiting her daughter, Sandy, in Colorado, um, and she saw a popcorn wagon. And this is when the dream was born. And we have an article that I'll be talking about uh, when we have our program uh, by Scott Richardson. It, it was the article in 79 after it had opened. And she said, I'd been thinking about doing something like this on my own when I retired. She was 67 at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, she found a fix-it column in the newspaper that talked about um, the popcorn wagon being restored. And she found one in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. And so she decided to buy it. 
Um, and um, the article said it had not been used in many years when restoration began. Sandblasting, lively <laughs> painting, new wheels, new glass. The deteriorating steel hulk was transformed into the vintage masterpiece that graces Bridge Square today. And it got its license in November of 78. It opened in May of 79. It was open six days a week. And um, then I'm going to tell you some um, more material about her life when you come. Uh, And uh, her daughters are going to be there, uh, Janine and Carol. And so we'll give you some background about that as well. Um, She worked at, uh, one thing that interested me when I read her background was that she worked at St. Olaf. When her daughter Carol was a junior there, she was a resident at Hoimi, and two years at Perman's Clothing Store, and uh, mm-hmm. also a science library uh, at St. Olaf. So uh, I'll, I think you can probably introduce Don to talk about uh, when he took it over in, in the 80s. Yeah, I love that um, she just had this dream, right? And, and uh, it's delightful that she, it connects to the you know, senior center at the time and then the uh, Northfield 50 North because, you know, after retirement she started this. So that's, and, and, and exactly. it, I don't know if she ever envisioned how iconic it would become, but it's a really uh, key part of, and, of the story of Northfield. And that's where you come in, Don. You knew Mrs. Johansson. Uh, she was Vera. our neighbor <laughs> for many years. Yes, I, we discussed that off the air, but... Uh, yeah, she was always Mrs. Johansson. Our kids were small, and they were taught that you dress people properly. Mm-hmm. So we just—he was Mrs. Johansson. But I'll—it was Vera's popcorn wagon. So I'm, I'm going to try to talk about Vera today. And the, the the first inkling I had about her popcorn wagon was I looked out one day, and down the road comes her car with a trailer behind it, with the popcorn wagon on it. That must have been a sight. And yes, that that I, there were not a lot of neighbors at that time. We we're almost out in the country on Highland Avenue. So, but but yes, it got our attention. And the way she got that, you know, uh, yes, she did make this contact with this man in Wisconsin. But apparently, they she wasn't quite ready to deal. She hadn't seen it, and he called and said, "Well, I'm leaving for Las Vegas," and. I can't sell it, so I'm going to take it with me. <laughs> so they arranged to meet out at the steer. Oh, I think shoot. we all remember the steer. The big steer, yeah. <laughs> and she drove out to the steer, did a deal, and drove home with the popcorn wagon. That's on 35W and 35W and 19. 19, right. Yeah. And uh, the first problem was she backed into the driveway and wanted to put it in the garage, but it was way too high to put it in the garage. <laughs> and... You know, I'm looking at this thing, and it's just, I am so impressed. It, you know, this beautiful old thing. And this was refurbished at this time, right? Yes, it was mm-hmm. in pretty good shape on a rickety old homemade trailer, which just scared me to death. How this guy was going to get to Las Vegas, I don't know. <laughs> he maybe got this far and was willing to get, get rid of it. But uh, anyway, uh, we helped her unload it. It said someplace it takes four people to move it, and... Uh, I don't know if we had four people. We had the kids and everybody working, and we got the trailer <laughs> in the garage and start checking it out and what was wrong. And it was in basically pretty good shape. Uh, a few minor things. I fixed a panel on the door that was broken and some things. But Could you tell how Vera was feeling? Was she enthusiastic? Or was, oh, or do you she think was she would... enthused. This, uh, you know, you talked about how, if she knew what it would become, but it it became what she wanted. It was to her, this wagon belonged outside. Because one of my reactions was, hey, this is a beautiful old antique. You're not going to put this outside, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, yeah, we talked about, you know, the rain and the hail and the sunshine and the vandalism. No, that belongs in the square. Mm-hmm. She wanted it in the square. It went in the square. She knew from day one. And she worked with the city fathers to get permission to put it there. Uh, I think they came up with a licensing agreement so she could license it. And uh, so she set it up. Her, she wanted to be a traditionalist, the old-fashioned popcorn, the butter, no soda pop, mm. but lemonade was okay. So And she made the lemonade herself, right? Mm-hmm. Well, 
The lemonade, yes. <laughs> that is a story in itself. Oh. Every day we would carry down a large cooler. If you ever watch a football game and see the coolers on the sidelines with sure. the Gatorade, mm-hmm. we had that cooler filled with lemonade. And kids said, everybody loves our lemonade. Everybody wants to know how we make our lemonade. Do you know the secret? Well, it's been a secret, but my daughter Kathy said, Dad, this might be a chance for a reveal. Oh, (laughs) here we go. Yeah, so the terrific lemonade from Vera's Popcorn Wagon was country time (laughs) lemonade mix. (laughs) The powdered drink mix? Powdered drink mix. (laughs) It's the love that went into it. Well, it it was the love and the technique. Because then my son chimed in. He said, well, yeah, the secret was to keep it cold. So every night before, he would put a large amount of the lemonade in an ice cream pail and freeze it. So he had this large chunk of frozen lemonade in it. So when it, it kept it cold all day, and Very it didn't dilute smart. it up at once. So that's down. now everybody knows. <laughs> and I wasn't even sure they made country time anymore. I, hey, I we they... still serve it at 50 North. So You do? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. What yeah, a great so. story. Yeah. And you heard it here first. Okay. Folks, if you're tuning in, this is Art Zaney, Radio for the Imagination. We're talking about this fabulous popcorn wagon. If you've ever been to Northfield and Bridge Square, you've seen it if you're here in the summer. And it is an iconic piece of Northfield history. And on Wednesday, the 23rd of August, 2023, they're going to be having a popcorn wagon party and restoration fundraiser. That's from 6 to 7.30 at 50 North at 1651 Jefferson Parkway. If you want more details, visit 50north.org, F-I-F-T-Y, north.org. And uh, we haven't even gotten to the part of the story, Don, when your family uh, decided that it was their turn to take take over oh yeah that happened well as because vera ran vera, it for... vera was a goer and a doer and she enjoyed i think for a first year or two of sitting on the on bridge square <clears throat> you know greeting people meeting people <clears throat> but then i think she wanted to get out and do more things so she recruited <laughs> our, our kids and primarily mike at that time was about 15 and he would fill in for her and go in, and I think about '82, our kids were doing it more than she was. <laughs> so, in I think it was real early '83, she approached us and said if we wanted to rent the thing and we would run it instead of her having to do it all. And she had it all laid out. Just this is the way it would work, and she would do the license and the health inspector thing and all that, and we would just run it. So we did. Somebody, so we said, okay, kids were. In, enthused about it yeah it was a good summer job i'm sure it was a good summer job it was a fill-in the kids every one of them when i asked them what they wanted it was a boost to the college fund you know it didn't Mm -hmm. pay for college but it was another (laughs) job that you could pick up with a a, a few bucks and so uh it it supplied that and then so we started running it and i said we learned how to buy supplies uh, my wife got involved uh, as the manager. Uh, my, one of my, my daughter Mary's, the youngest daughter's memories was when the health inspector came in, he said he had never seen a place so clean. Oh, Mary's great. note was kudos to mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's important, right? It yeah, is, yeah they, lo- they, they really cared. And, and, but it was a lot of work because that meant every night, you know, as uh, Susan has said there was no running water. So I take everything home and wash it and oh, scrub right. things down, load it in the morning. So it was, uh, it was, it was a kind of a hassle, but we, we kind of did it. The kids traded off. If they had one of their other jobs scheduled, then they'd, somebody else would fill in. And so, yeah, it, uh, from 83 to 85, three years, uh, uh, six days a week, Plus weekends on Jesse James Day, (laughs) (laughs) a few other times. What a great part of the story of the the popcorn wagon, and it still continues today. As as you mentioned, the Colonels are the group of people from Fifty North that now take care of the wagon. Yes. How did the uh, popcorn wagon come to be a part then of what was the senior center, but renamed now the Fifty North? I can. 
Do you want to jump in on that? Okay. Yeah, well, I, I thought I should finish the story first um, of uh, what happened. Uh, Vera uh, sold the wagon to Paul Sherwin, who sold it to his brother and sister-in-law, Wayne and Beth Sherwin, a, a year later. Uh, and we have to give some credit here to Wayne Sherwin, uh, uh, and he really threw himself into it, and uh, he bought a fan, and, and he pushed the aroma of fresh popcorn into the square to encourage business. He called it his advertising budget, <laughs> and his wife Beth told me that her husband wished he had looked into buying the wagon earlier because he enjoyed interaction with people, as uh, as everyone did that were concerned with that. Um, he died suddenly in March of 94, and so she, Beth made plans to put the popcorn wagon up for sale. March of 94, right you know, before that summer was mm -hmm. coming. And there was a newcomer to town named Jim Riley who thought of buying it, but Bob Jacobson, who had Jacobson's department store, said, oh, that would be a good project for the seniors. So instead, Riley led a fund drive, and they got 6000 in pledges the first day f for that. Um, the popcorn wagon was purchased in May of 94. It was repainted restored, brought up to code by the seniors, and stored in the barn of Dorothy Schilling that winter, and it made its debut May 18, 1995, when these colonels, seniors, citizen volunteers, um, were helping out, and much of the profits went into a fund for the new senior center. And uh, I thought we should also mention that it doesn't stay downtown. Uh, sometimes it's taken up to Carlton, you know, for events, mm -hmm. um, and it's... <laughs> Uh, anyway, Vera lived long enough to see the popcorn wagon thrive another 20 years um, after she sold it in 1988. And uh, Janine Landsworth, uh, her daughter, told me that her mother was always positive and upbeat, always doing something, and she died at the age of 96 in 2008. And uh, so, yeah, and now uh, since my dad was one of the colonels, I have a, a sort of a you know connection to that. Mm -hmm. And Carrie can talk to you about what they do because they're they're the backbone of the enterprise, right? Yes, indeed. Yeah, and I think one thing that's interesting for me is how all of it, everybody that I've read about the stories talks about how it's really a people project, right? It's yes. it's such a great way to connect and to meet people, and I think that's probably true today, too. Absolutely. So we have 27 Popcorn Wagon volunteers at the moment, or colonels. Thank you to all of them. Yes, <laughs> extraordinary thanks. So they keep it running. We also have uh, Leslie, our Popcorn Wagon coordinator, who coordinates all the volunteers, gets them where they need to go, and get them scheduled, and coordinates all the movement of the wagon, if it's going to Carleton or to any other partners. And... Uh, it really is their window to the Northfield community, right in the center of Bridge Square. Mm -hmm. And and they've kept it going ever since that For first 28 year. years. Yes. Right. It hasn't, hasn't had a break. Right. And so uh, do they do all the ordering of supplies like, like Don was doing? <laughs> Our staff do, yeah. It truly, I would say the care and the keeping of the wagon is truly a, a team effort. It's staff, it's volunteers, and... Um, you know, there's movers and shakers. In our case, we have movers and poppers. So <laughs> we have the, the poppers yeah. doing the work in the popcorn wagon and then an incredibly dedicated team of movers who are willing to get it on the trailer. It does take four people mm. to get it up there safely. Um, it's very heavy. The trailer is also homemade, so I'm wondering how old <laughs> it in fact is. But I believe it was created by a high school class um, who developed it. It's got grooves set in it oh, for the wheels itself yes mm. um and jerry gaylor and his team of, of volunteers move it around for us and keep it safe and it was previously stored in the winter on the gaylor farm most recently and now it'll be headed out to the brasso farm in the winters after the restoration so it really is a community project there's yes. a lot of people that put a lot of love into that and that's part of the reason that that you know since it's been in the elements, as you mentioned, yeah. Don, for that many years, it's time for maybe a little restoration. And that's yes. what brings up this uh, fundraiser that I assume is ongoing, but there'll be a big celebration at 50 North on Wednesday the 23rd, again from 6 to 7.30 at 50 North. And uh, let's uh, tell a little bit about what's going to happen and what people can expect and how they can help. Sure. So, the, well, the reason for the restoration itself is... Um, it is absolutely weather beaten after 28 years of being out there and having little uh, fixes here and there mm -hmm. throughout the throughout the years. It's just slowly deteriorating because of the 
the moisture in Minnesota. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Yes, all the exposure. So we've kind of done this in two phases. The first phase was about refurbishing the rusty suspension system, the axles, and replacing the weather-beaten wood window frames. Those were pretty rough. Um, and the door itself. And also replacing some of the interior shelving and the window panes. And all of this is custom built because as you can imagine a 105 year old popcorn wagon we don't just you can't go to the hardware store right (laughs) can't even go to amazon to get (laughs) some replacement parts so everything is custom built which is also why it's more of course expensive because this is art Mm -hmm. it's it's artistically done and so that those elements have already been done last winter we ran out of time before we got to Did our opening You had to day have it on May. the yep. Square. It had to get out there. And a lot of people will say, oh, we know it's summer when we see the popcorn wagon. So mm-hmm. we couldn't delay mm-hmm. that one. Phase two, we're hoping for this winter. And that is the, the bigger project for sure. We're going to be refurbishing the metal carriage by stripping it, sandblasting it, and removing all the rust that is deteriorating that carriage itself. And it'll get a new fresh coat of paint. After that, brand new wheels and then a new 50 North awning will be on it. It hasn't had an awning for a few years now, so it'll be added as well. Turnka Wood Products and J&L Metal Finishing are doing all this incredible custom work for us. And are they here in local? They're all local, yes. Oh, that's wonderful. I thought you would have had to ship it away. Oh, nope, (laughs) nope. Just right down the road. And the estimated total for all of this repair, this custom repair, is about $50,000. That is our goal for our fundraiser. That is a big goal. and But I think people's hearts are connected to it, and I suspect you're going to have a big response. So you've launched the campaign. If people want to contribute yes. or help, how can they do that? So if you want to go to 50north.org, you can donate that way. We have our QR codes. If you've got a smartphone, you can donate easily that way by uh, snapping that, uh, scanning that QR code and entering your information, you can come see us at 50 North, send a check, go put it in the tip jar at the wagon. There's all <laughs> kinds of ways you can do it, but just get in touch with us, and uh, you'll likely get more information than you want about the popcorn wagon <laughs> if you come and start talking to us about yes, it. I think we'd all like to see it there for another, you know, 50 years at least. And Exactly. And what, in, in my opinion, what better way to honor... Vera's legacy than to breathe new life into this and give it another 105 years. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I guess it is longer. It's just been here for that long. Right, right. It's already had another life. (laughs) Right. And the hard work of the McGee family, too. That's right. The time they spent. Mm -hmm. They deserve credit as well. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Well, Uh, I would say to the point where my son, Mike, worked on this from the time he was 15 till he graduated from college. He was the handyman and didn't have access to the experts, but he kept it going at least. He paint, repainted the uh, carriage in the yellow and, and rewired uh, it at 15. When we got it, the popper was hardwired in, and he couldn't get it out to take it home and wash it. Oh, and so that he, sounds like a problem. Yeah, 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 yeah we saw it was. So he rewired it and got an industrial type connection for it. And uh, so and I looked at it the other day when I was down there, and I think it's just still the same plug that's in there. So yeah. <laughs> I imagine so our, it is. Our, our fingerprints wow. are still on it. Yes. yes. Wow, that I, I think that's a, a great part yeah. of the story. And I just like to go back to the uh, you know the, the colonels and the people down there. My kids mentioned that that one of the things that they were impressed with constantly asking questions from tourists. Mm. You know, where is something? Where could I find this? Uh, just it's a lot of nice people. And Mary says, and I even met Governor Rudy Perpich, bought me pop, <laughs> bought popcorn from me. So, all right. Yeah, so, <laughs> so it is. Memories of all these people. They, they, the kids were young, but they did enjoy meeting all these people and, and finding out what was going on. Yeah, and I, I was looking at the plans, the Bridge Square redevelopment, all the ideas that are, and, and there is a reserved space. It has you know now become so iconic that it yes. has a special location. They're considering they can't let that go. That's the first yeah. thing we were looking for and, when we saw the and plan, started, and there it was. We were thrilled. And that started as a grassy spot because we had to bring pieces of lumber along to set the wheels on. So, so they didn't sink. Ah. They didn't sink into the 
And now it'll have a permanent uh, perch, if you will. Yes. And and Santa's house also has, I saw on the, the map. So oh, that's another. Oh, right. <laughs> we just switched mountains. Right. It's just a, <laughs> both places. And so I think that's really exciting. And tell us, uh, Susan, what's going to happen on that night of celebration. 23rd? Yeah. Uh, well, um, I think uh, you're the, planning to have the popcorn wagon there, right? Yeah, yes. From, it'll so, be at 59. Yeah, they're bringing, they're bringing that up. And um, I'm going to have a talk between 6.30 and 7 in room 103. And right after my talk, I persuaded Randy Ferguson to accompany Michelle Drenth and Kevin Eidecker in the 1961 Supreme song called Buttered Popcorn. And after that, Randy will play his guitar from 7 to 7.30 while I have a book signing, as I mentioned, featuring my new third edition of Volume 1 in Historic Happenings, um, that has a story about the popcorn wagon in it. Mm-hmm. So I hope people uh, will come and support that. So Randy will be in one side of the lobby, and I'll be at a table on the other side of the lo- lobby, and Ronica Roberson of By All Means Graphics, uh, that's my publisher, is going to be there to help uh, to help take, um, you know, take, people that will be <laughs> I hopefully hopefully buying my book right and so, seeing those pictures that, that you talked about that we can't do on the radio but yes, you, you, you see in person they're yes, pretty exactly. marvelous there'll be pictures exactly and, and who should come is and you don't have to be do you have to be a member to come oh, to no. this event no. this is for the whole community anyone who would like to come and celebrate our iconic popcorn wagon please come please see the restoration that's happened so far have some free popcorn and there's another really exciting thing to see at 50 north at the moment where the wagon will be we received a grant from age-friendly minnesota to develop our patio area to help people get outside and have more of an intergenerational welcoming space and there's all kinds of of great amenities out there now where the wagon will be that we can just sit and enjoy the weather and some popcorn and take a look at our great wagon and all that's to come for it. Yeah, that is exciting. And it's good for people to uh, come to 50 North. And I, I think the thing I think of when I, I think of it is there's always something happening. <laughs> I bet always. you found that. And, and it, things that you, just anything you can dream of, there's somebody else who, who also likes to do that, right? Yes. Is that what you found? <laughs> Certainly. And we had a member experience survey this spring. And one of my favorite comments was, if you can't find something to do that you love at 50 North, it is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. And, and we should tell people the 50, what that, what that connects is and what that means that um, as far as who can come and be a part of oh, the sure. programming. Sure. So members at 50 North need to be 50 and older, but if you have a medical need, you can get a doctor's note and come and use our facility, use the warm water pool, um, get some of the adaptable exercise uh, training that you might need for any injuries or so or healing. And Anyone can walk in the door and you can take for, a class pay, to pay for a class. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can come take a fitness class, take one of our art classes, come to a lifelong learning session, whatever it is. And we're, lunch? We're, yes, certainly. We have little Frida's Cafe there yeah. too, right, right in the middle of NCRC and it is outstanding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's so much life there and it's such yep. a, a great place. So I'm glad we got to share that part of the story. And I know all of you, both, all of you have notes. And so are there things that we haven't talked about that you want to be sure and let people know about the, either the popcorn wagon or the history of the program? Well, one thing that we didn't discuss is uh, how much money the popcorn wagon brings in. People are probably curious about that. And when I first wrote about it in 2010, I had the figure 2009, $6,000 with 1000 just from defeat of Jesse James days alone. Uh, then I looked and I saw in 2019, before the pandemic, it was 8857 And then, of course, during the pandemic, that went down. Yeah. <laughs> but in 2022, it's 8862 $305 more than 2019. Yes. So, so it, maybe we've bounced back. <laughs> Indeed. It looks like we've bounced, bounced back on it's that. It's a very affordable treat. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. popcorn, and, it's soda, and bottled water. That's what's available. And talking about me. lots of popcorn, I don't know what to do now, but I can tell you in 1983 I purchased eight bags 
of White Hollis popcorn, 50-pound bags. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to say that on part. March, on August 23rd in 1983, 40 oh, years to oh, the day, of the event. I hauled those home, and those eight <laughs> bags of popcorn were for Jesse James' day. Just those. Yeah. So that's 400 surprised. pounds of popcorn. 400 pounds of popcorn went through there in four days. That is astounding. Yeah. And I, is it still that same volume for... Oh, yes. De- defeat days are... That's those, those are the popcorn days for us, and it's fully staffed with and volunteers the vintage, as well. Vintage band yes, festival. I heard same. that uh, they got a lot of money just for the one day one mm-hmm. most yep. recently. I don't have yep. the amount, but it's um, it's and, and it goes back <clears throat> to support the programming at Fifty North. Correct? All of it. It it goes right for to our operations. So that's an important contribution that you're making, even mm-hmm. if you're not a member. I know in my kids' pictures growing up, there are many, many pictures of them at Bridge Square with popcorn. It was, you know, a favorite place, right, to mm-hmm. go. And I think that's true for a lot of people. Do you have another another story, it looks like? Well, I have a quote. And this is uh, something <clears throat> that I got from Beth Creatures Udell, who was one of the Creatures family. Um, and she sent, um, in 2019, when we had this celebration um, of the 40 years of the popcorn wagon in there, uh, on behalf of the company, she sent this uh, uh, note to us, which, which was read by Brad Ness, that uh, there was a Creatures catalog which said that the Model C wagon was designed for successful operation in all seasons of the year. Of exquisite design and finish, this machine is an ornament to any town or city. And she concluded, it's evident that the Northfield popcorn wagon has not only lived up to its expectations, but has surpassed them by all accounts. It truly is a piece of history that adds nostalgia and charm to Northfield. We at Creatures and Company are delighted to see Mrs. Johansson's Model C popcorn wagon tradition continue to provide a warm welcome with delicious popcorn for locals and visitors alike. That Mm. from the people who made the popcorn wagon. So. That's sweet. Yeah. That's very wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they obviously have a, a tradition and a, a pride in their product. And Oh, yes, five generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is, not many companies can, can say that. And uh, we've had a lot of years of the popcorn wagon here in Northfield. And uh, I'm just so excited that there's something happening to make sure that that continues. And, you know, it, I, I wonder, how do you think um, Vera was able to she really set the tradition, right, of what that mm-hmm. means. So was that something about her, something that ref- that, that reflected the community, or uh, just something she nurtured to to bring that welcoming, uh, you know, sense to the popcorn wagon? Uh, all I can say is I think she very much was thinking of the city when mm-hmm. she put it there. It wasn't. Was it a personal any, any in, personal thing that hey I have always wanted a popcorn wagon? It was hey I saw this popcorn wagon once in Colorado, mm-hmm. and that Northfield needs that. Mm. And if she decided Northfield needed, she would go and do it. That's the way she was all the time. She lived next door to us. Mm-hmm. She had to paint the ceiling and the stairway. She painted. I said, well, how can you reach it? I can't reach mine. She says, well, I. I used my stepladder and my ironing board. So, <laughs> oh, my gosh. So you didn't stop her. She did what she wanted to do. And, and she That's did a great this, image. Yeah. I wish we had a picture of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I, I, I think this was, a, hey, I want to do this for Northfield. Mm-hmm. You know, that square is there. Man, I saw this popcorn wagon. It should have a the square should have a popcorn wagon. I think that wow. was what was in her mind. We all so owe some gratitude yeah. to what a gift. Vera Johansson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I have one more thing to share, one more thing to look forward to about the popcorn wagon. So this year, 50 North is re-entering the defeat of Jesse James Day's parade. We haven't been in it for years. And I thought, what better thing to feature than our amazing 105-year-old popcorn wagon? So we'll have a float in it, and we'll be handing out popcorn, of course. And so you'll see us there. Will uh, will it be on the trailer, I assume? You're not going to have... Oh, no. The popcorn wagon has to function fully for defeat days. 
place, so it'll stay yeah. in Bridge Square. Oh, okay. I've uh, it's all a secret, but I'm going to okay. be featuring it, <laughs> featuring it in a float. Okay, for so the parade. something to be seen. Indeed, more to come. And yes. then, oh, uh, all of a sudden, I had an image of the horses pulling the wagon. <laughs> yeah, the Budweiser, the Budweiser horses. horses. That's if right. Only. They're coming. If only. So that's Sunday of uh, for those who are not September tenth. Yep, yep. With with um, Northfield's traditions around that, the parade is always Sunday at two. That's right. And so. And did we mention that it's free popcorn on August twenty third? Exactly. Free special so, treats. Yeah. Some for... people have said you had me at popcorn. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we started the today was the word popcorn, yeah. and uh, I just love hearing these stories. And I thank you so much all for coming in to share your memories and to um, help people get inspired to help support the restoration of the Northfield Popcorn Wagon. It's really, really meaningful to our community. So I want to thank Susan Vistendahl, Carrie Yelmgren, and uh, Don McGee for being here with me today. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Us. Yeah, this is such a fun topic. And folks, I also want to give you a quick reminder that this weekend is the um, clay tour, the Cannon River Clay Tour. They were on my show last week. So please go out and visit uh, cannonriverclaytour.com to get all the details. But that's this Saturday and Sunday from 10 to 5, both days. And also want to mention a talk coming up at 50 North on Thursday, August 24th from uh, 1 to 2.30 with uh, Jeff Sove, who uh, Susan knows quite well because she's done some work on some St. Olaf projects with him. And his book, Murder at Minnesota Point, is going to be the feature of that. That is from 1 to 2.30 in room 103. And I did a show that we rebroadcast a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's a great story. Jeff is an, a brilliant writer and historian, and I know you'll have a lot of fun if you go to that. So wanted to get that in so there's is always something happening at 50 north folks uh, i appreciate you joining me and i hope that in the meantime until next time you enjoy your imagination the paradise center for the arts is a vibrant cultural and artistic gathering spot in historic downtown faribault the paradise is committed to offering high quality visual and performing art opportunities for faribault and our region Regular events spotlight some of the best artists and musicians in our area and throughout Minnesota and the Upper Midwest. Our beautifully restored facility includes art galleries, classrooms, clay and textile labs, a gift shop and rehearsal spaces, in addition to a 300-seat auditorium. Visit ParadiseCenterForTheArts.org for a full schedule of events or call our box office at 507-332-7372. You've been listening to Art Zany. Radio for the Imagination with your host, Paula Granquist. Art Zany is brought to you each week by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts in Faribault.